Hi guys, welcome back to Speaker Anarchy. We have an, another amazing brand with us today. I have been really, you know, eyeing this brand for a long time, actually. I noticed them, you know, a while back, and then I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to have them reach out. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to the founder of Pie Skincare, Sarah Brown. Welcome to the show, Sarah. I'm so excited to be hosting you. Hector, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Oh, it's, the pleasure is truly mine. I really, really love your brand and I can't wait to dive into it, but I really want to learn about how you uh, conceptualized it, how it all began, if you could um, kind of take us on that journey. Well, how long have you got? Um, so <laughs> your mind quite a way back because actually we've, we've been going a lot longer than many people realize. Um, and before really the word clean was even in our vernacular and, and when sustainability was really, you know, just a concept. So, yeah, so I started this business back in sort of 2007, 2008, and I started it not because I came from this industry at all, nor was I um, a, a former business owner, nor was I a chemist, um, but I came at it as a very, very frustrated um, consumer. So I had and have a condition called chronic urticaria. Uh, for those listeners out there who know it, they will know the frustration of living with this, this skin condition and it's very misunderstood and not often talked about. But mine uh, condition onset very, very suddenly. And really it was my experiences trying to live with it, trying to manage it, trying to navigate a beauty industry I didn't know or understand, in particularly ingredient lists and having to unpick them and work out what was in the bottle and what I could and couldn't tolerate was a big part of it. And that's how the, the, the brand sort of first came into being. And what started as, you know, from a position of real frustration became something magical um, and really positive. Yeah. I started to understand ingredients and, and it took me down this wonderful journey into natural and then organic and, and really understanding the remedial properties of plants, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it shows, you know, I, I love that you, you told us that, Sarah, because I think that all of the really wonderful, clean, truly what I would consider to be clean brands, clean beauty, however you want to term it, you know, um, they really start with this really deep understanding from the founders and for the natural products you're using. It doesn't just come from this idea of, okay, well, I'm going to use organic eucalyptus and then all of a sudden bam I'm a clean brand you know what I mean it's not like that it's it's from this like very interesting place which is a place of like a very a well-researched approach to fixing a problem and so I really love that you started us off that way and I really want to focus on that because the line is absolutely wonderful um you know as I said in the beginning I've been eyeing you guys for a long time uh but I I really enjoy it because it is I think something that everyone can use and everyone can really kind of blend into their routine so I really want you to share with us the things that you discovered in the national products and the, you know, in the clean beauty, um, you know, I guess arena that really helped you craft what you wanted to make and what you needed for your, for your health. Sure. I mean, and, and, you know, thanks, thanks for saying all that. And I think the other thing is, is that it, I really, um, I think what's been really key to pie and, and, and our success is that we really understand our customer too. So it's not just yeah. understanding ingredients, it's really understanding what it's like to live with skin that's a challenge and that's unpredictable and really understanding how that feels. And I think that is really where, how the brand evolved because 
you know, what, what, why did I start the business? You know, why does Pi exist? Well, well, we're here to help others and, and, and help others who are in a real skin rut like I was and having to kind of navigate my own way out. That's what we're, in, we're here to do. And there's so much, I mean, you'll know better than anyone. There's just so much misinformation out there. It's just, there's so many products. There's so many brands to, yeah. to wrap your head around. And I think that's, I found that very challenging all those years ago when, you know, arguably the market was smaller, but yeah. So I think the kind of the, the whole premise was, you know, help others get to a better and happier skin place and I think you know really I've always wanted to do that through you know extraordinarily high quality products um, that will work but you know my my choice was let's I want to do this um, and I want to make the products ourselves so that's sort of the key mm. was uh, I mean yeah. not everyone realizes that that we you know still we have our own custom-built production facility in London I mean it's madness London and London and in London and London London in UK um which is madness but it is that connection to the product so you know kind of my thing was that we've got to make the products and we've got to and manage that as we scale because when you're dealing with these precious beautiful ingredients that you've spent so much time sourcing and meticulously checking um, you can't just then heat them to destruction. You've got to look after them. So I knew that we could only do that properly and really harness all of their properties by actually being very closely involved in the in the manufacturing process of it. And then I wanted to do create these great products to help people using nature. Um, yeah. And you know, I I guess one of my biggest one of the things I've learned, and I learned you know early on, but it's do you know what it's been such a challenge just to is to change perceptions of natural. And you know the market you know has moved so much, which is great, and the clean categories you know exploded. and but I do think there's still this slight belief that natural can can be a bit of a compromise in terms of performance and mm, I, I yeah. think it's nonsense. and I think I often hear people say, well, you know, you can choose natural or you can choose science. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and that's, uh, it's an oxymoron. That's an oxymoron. That makes no sense to me. I don't believe in that at all. And I think it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, that's exactly where I was going with our conversation too, is this idea of, you know, people don't, I think clean beauty has gotten a really bad reputation because of the brands that are not founded on the principles that I mentioned earlier um, after you, you know, kind of started us off. And that is, you know, that's the whole greenwashing thing. That's the whole, you know, just saying something's clean and no one even knows what that means. And we went through yeah. that whole, you know, evolution as an industry. But, you know, for me as a scientist, I look at natural ingredients as the most scientifically relevant uh, you know, components of any good brand, any good uh, formula, because when you're synthesizing something in a lab, you know, you're mimicking nature. You're yeah. not creating it out of nowhere. And that's where I think consumers are headed, but they need to get there. I mean, for example, you know, you had mentioned um, chronic uh, eutricaria, and this is for everyone listening. It's a it's classified as an autoimmune disease, but really what's going on here is that you're body is just going haywire you know and i have hashimoto's and i've shared that on the podcast so any autoimmune disorder it's a lot of chaos and you have to be able to really calm down those very complex signaling processes and really treat that on a multi-level like you know it's not just cellular it's molecular and so if you're ha if you have a clean line and that is 
allowing for that to happen, it's calming down something like that. That is extremely good science. And that's yeah. something I think consumers are they're starting to understand, but they still have a hard time. They're like, how how can I believe that when it's derived from a plant? And I'm just like, well, every modern medicine that's ever changed humanity has been derived from a plant. So, like, you know, oh, it just I, doesn't I, make I sense. Could, I could talk to you all afternoon, honestly. Yeah. Um, this is this is music to my ears, and you're absolutely right. It's so beautifully put. I think just even on a very, but I think you're right. It's we have it's it it's quite hard to explain. It's quite hard for people to understand who don't come from this space and i think you know even on a very practical level just the formulation process you know let's just talk about that this idea yeah. that it's not scientific you know you know it's the same in often the same cosmetic chemists using the same equipment using having to do all of the same testing and um the pro it's a scientific process of creation of creation the only difference is you're using different raw materials in certain instances um and that's and that's what we've got to correct in, in this this mis, this yeah misconception really. Well, you so, know, I think that that's interesting that you mentioned the the extraction process and stuff too. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to ask, like, you know, because I think that it it's a huge answer. It's a very easy answer for my long question of that I always ask brands is that dosing idea, right? And it's like if you stick to, I feel like if you stick to nature and just normal plant extracts you're coming as close as we can to keeping things in a reasonable amount in terms of what your the what the active components are you know what i mean so it's like if you synthesize something in a lab and you make it to be extremely potent and it's put into a product you have no way of modulating how that's mm -hmm. going to react with the skin however mm -hmm. natural products have something called an inbuilt, uh, you know, uh, dosing mechanism because they're actually, you know, it's mimicking plant life. I mean, that's life. You know, it comes from life. So, um, you know, if that makes sense to everybody, I mean, it, I'm in my head about it, but it, it's very interesting to me that I think it's a more practical approach to dosing than synthetically creating molecules and then just, you know what I mean, bombarding yeah. them in a formulation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And so I want to ask you, you know, I, for example, I, I was telling you before the, the recording started that one of my favorite products in the line is the, the mist. And I love it because it's very calming, not just obviously for my skin, but just my senses overall. And I noticed that you have lotus in it, which I love the lotus flower. I'm a huge, always been a huge fan and um, it's hyaluronic acid. And it's a very, it's a simple mist, but it just does wonders for my skin. So I would love for you to maybe even talk to us about this product and the formulation yeah well do you know and what's interesting about this product is it was a reformulation that we re-released re this year and i think as brands and businesses we need to do this more because reformulation is as important as new releases because otherwise you know if you if you know that you can improve an existing product with with maybe ingredients that weren't available when you first created that product then that's what you should do rather than creating more and more new products um, you know, mm. it's, the, it's always the temptation to do, but we said, no, do you know what? It makes sense to just evolve what we have um, rather than create something new. So, you know, that's from a sustainability point of view, actually quite important. Obviously it's not, you know, when you relaunch a product, you know, 2.0 version, it's it's less exciting and it's it's harder to hype, but it's still what we should be doing. So, so this was a product we'd had in the line for a really long time, but we just knew that classic thing where we're like, actually, this, if we formulated this today, we would do it slightly differently because there's, there's 
we just know more and there's and there's different ingredients so yes it's got lotus in it and it's actually lotus root so it's actually an extraction almost of the kind of waters and juices within that root that have um the exact ph of skin actually <laughs> and it's just has this lovely calming ac action to it but we've also kind of doubled up with hyaluronic acid as you say but also inulin and inulin mm. is a prebiotics so it's just brilliant and what you know that will do is feed the good bacteria in the skin and, and when you have a good kind of healthy microbiome that's going to really help prevent inflammation and so it has this you know it gets goes back to barrier support and you know happy skin is is strong skin and resilient skin so it's not for us we're not always just trying to calm skin we're trying to um, support it and um, I know better than anyone with a condition like urticaria and you will know this too. I mean, part of it is actually, yeah, not just um, it, it, it's understanding it, understanding that condition and building and building that resilience um, and working sometimes in a preventative way too. So yeah, it's a really simple. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not actually that simple, but and it, it, it's a product that I I found personally so helpful for my own skin, partly because it's it's cooling. So yeah. uh, my condition is my gets very hot. I'm my skin gets extremely hot and it just it just it cools the skin down but it also just layers in this hydration and and it's just beautiful to use in between products so it's like a core part of my regime now yeah. and has been for about eight years but now on a kind of more souped up level it's just delivering so much more for the skin but it's a really really great way to just um yeah keep the skin keep the skin calm but also suited you know suitably replenished and and hydrated yeah, but it's I a nice little that. break. I love that you love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that I love it too. I mean, it's a really great product and it's a very nice refreshing uh, moment in the day whenever you use it. So, you know, I think right now I brought this up because I've noticed that everybody is gravitating towards mist products, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, I mean, not all mists are made the same, <laughs> you know, so there are very few ones I really, really enjoy. And I really like this one a lot. It's very... It's nice, you know, it's a pick-me-up during the day. And I think, you know, I like that you've kept it simple in the sense of like the the things that you're trying to accomplish for skin health. You know, obviously hydration is one of the most key components for great skin, you know, as you know. And I actually wrote a mini opinion paper just the other day about this, about how everybody is talking about, well, pH this and pH that, and we have to, you know, match the acid mantle of our skin. And I'm sitting here thinking like, that's just such a terrible way to approach it because again you can't target things like that you you know what i mean like it's more of like a you have to naturally let your skincare match your skin's physiology because there's different compartments there's a there's a topical compartment on top of your cells there's intracellular intercellular subcellular and all of those areas have different pHs so like for I'm just using this as an example is some brands that just focus on okay this is super acidic you know what I mean it's great for your skin acid mantle you know all that stuff and it's like no again with the words you know like you can't focus on one thing and I think skin is so dynamic and so this layering and this um multifactorial aspect I think it's shown very well in clean brands you know, that's really what I'm trying to get at is that it's, you know, there it's the closest you can get to really understanding how to treat the skin because there's no one answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think on the, in the, 
in the simplest um, in the simplest terms, I believe that products should support your skin's natural processes and yeah. never suppress them. And I think when talking about pH and ES, it's a really complex area. But I think what um, and when I say I never suppress or disrupt, and I think actually it's cleansing that can actually really disrupt your your skin's pH. And the wrong cleansing can actually send you down a really <laughs> a really bad path. So yeah. it's again just using products that are going to keep your skin in balance and support it, it, it support what it needs to do, um, but not right. not disrupt. No, I mean I agree, and I think it's not just cleansing; it's the whole process, right? That's why a skincare routine, in my opinion, is important because, like I said, I mentioned hydration. Well, hydration helps the pH. You know, that's what that it's like. People. I feel like consumers have like one, like th this is a movie and you're, they're watching one snapshot at a time. Mm -hmm. And that's what irritates me because I'm like, you know, I, we, we start this conversation about one thing, but then it's like, you have to understand it's a whole thing that right? it's a whole moving organism kind of thing. You know, your organ is constantly evolving. All of your organs are evolving and, and changing. And so you need dynamic skincare for that dynamic, you know, uh, just everyday process that occurs in your skin but I um I actually want to ask you like you know you have been around you've seen the clean beauty movement the green beauty movement natural organic and I just want to get your take on what your opinion has been um what are some things you've seen like really change I guess to seen or in a good way or maybe you know in, in a negative way if you could share that with us um i've seen a lot <laughs> i've seen a lot change i think um, good yeah and, and to your point good and bad i think you know let's talk about clean for a minute and i think when i started out the, the word didn't exist and the, and certainly the, the that kind of category didn't just didn't exist um and the positive of it is that it's absolutely hugely expanded the natural category um and interest um in the in kind of natural ingredients and actually getting people reading ingredient lists that would never have before you know hallelujah so so it in many ways it's opened a lot more people up to this space which is great the challenge is is that as you you know you alluded to earlier there's so many brands have piled in and there's just you know i don't want to get too fixated on the term clean but it's just a self-referring standard it doesn't mean anything brands can just say what it means for them and their business and you know does that make them better or worse than the next brand who have a different set of standards for their definition of clean it's just not particularly helpful but what it does mean is is that you know what what bugged me about greenwashing and back when I started is now um 10 times worse and I never predicted that I never thought it would get worse I thought it'd get better mm. and um and that's really disappointing and I think when um We've never needed more sort of um, independent standards around labeling and terms that we use around organic or natural or whatever. I think that's really, really important. And certainly when I started the business, we, you know, we've been certified organic since day one. And, you know, I, we're certified organic because I, working with the ingredients, I realized that certified organic are complete, it, they're kind of another level quality in terms of concentration and, and, purity and and kind of properties but I also realized what it meant for you know the whole cultivation and extraction and the whole supply chain of it 
is properly looked mm. after people within it are properly looked after and I was like okay I'm gonna run a business I want to sleep at night <laughs> and it was, it was you know the ethical dimensions of that just aren't understood so that was really important but sorry to, to the kind of the point of this is that we need more of those kind of kite marks of authenticity and it, it doesn't you know I think natural or clean or whatever it means different things to different people and 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 every customer cares about a different element of it but I do think if you're going out to make claims you know pick your value and, and certify yourself to that to that value and and prove that that what you know what you're saying is true I think it's super important because there's so so much lack of just distinct lack of trust now um yeah. so I yeah. think you know that's what I've seen change is that the need for these um authentication is is never been greater um, and the positive of that is it's starting to happen so certainly here in Europe we now have a oh, I think it's called the code of green what's it called green code of anyway I'll send it to you <laughs> but yeah. um, it's a new standard to actually try and impose some restrictions on what you can and can't say and, and it, you know, a degree of monitoring it's not a fully kind of it's not legislation yet but I think we're getting there um, and that's been set up by the competitors Competition and Markets Authority. It's quite an interesting step. But you've also got platforms like Provenance. I don't know if you know it. It's, it's fascinating. Go again, encourage you to check it out. But that's really helpful because that point of purchase, and it's now online at the moment, but it will ultimately be in store too. You can, there's someone verifying brands' claims and they're called proof points. And you can click on them. And if a brand says they're natural, you can, you know, there, there are proof points that you can click on to say, we as this independent body can certify that this is true and this is what this particular standard means. Because also there's the, over across the globe, there's so many different natural standards. There's so many, you know, it's very, that's, that's confusing on its own. So it, it will it'll explain what that standard means, but it will consistently do that. So it's the same wherever you read it. So there's some really fascinating developments. So it's, it's sort of st started not great from a clean greenwashing point of view, clean washing. It's got a whole lot worse, but I see like there's light in the end of the tunnel um, to just, but we, you know, we've got to substantiate claims. That's one thing, yeah. things I've seen. The other, I guess the other one is around sustainability. And I think that again, this is, there's a positive story here, which is, you know, we as an industry are, produce a lot of packaging and historically a lot of packaging that's pretty hard to uh, onwardly recycle uh which brings and anyway that brings its own set of <laughs> complexity too but you know we produce a lot of stuff and, and a lot was going into landfill so um so there's been huge developments in terms of packaging uh with pcr plastics and bioplastics and um but and recycling schemes and terracycle schemes all it's all great but it it's it's still difficult uh for customers i think um but i think the, the challenge i have now is huge progress there but we're not thinking about true end of life of products and mm. you know we're thinking about the, the pack basically we're not thinking yeah. about everything that's going into that bottle and we need to you know we need to think you know and I would love everyone you know listening to think you know where how is your product made how is it made how's it come into being and 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 what happens at the end of the life after you've disposed of that bottle, maybe, you know, very, very responsibly. What about if it's a wash off product? What, you know, what happens when it was washed away? Has someone checked that those ingredients do biodegrade well? 
Um, and it brings you back to it brings you back to that organic standard because again that was a that was a key point where all of those all of the ingredients you choose are checked for biodegradability um, and for their biodegradability and, and that's really really important so I think it's that's what I'd love to see more of is is thinking about sustainability in its sort of end to end in a way and the challenge with it and why I think it won't well I'd love it to happen in my lifetime <laughs> but I think the real challenge is, is it's very hard for brands to do because if you don't make your own products and you're not certified by an independent body that's looking at your ingredient choices it's almost impossible I don't know how you could possibly know what's in the bottle genuinely and yeah. and how they how those how those ingredients have come into being whether it's been they've been synthesized in a lab or whether they've been cultivated um what that supply chain and, or, or process behind it underpinning it looks like how those people treated how those communities you know how is it affecting local communities you can't know and you said and, and then again it's you i don't think you can you you wouldn't know unless you're incredibly conscientious as a brand and you do these biodegradability tests yourself which would be uh, pretty difficult and and pretty expensive I, I don't know how you can know so yeah. uh, so that means that it it, it there remains a, a minuscule minuscule minority of of us that can actually um confidently say that we're minimizing impact and and looking at true end of life and i think it's yeah. really, just because I of the products we're creating look at how many products launch every day Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's it's interesting you bring this up. I just, I literally just published a paper about nanoparticles and the cosmetic industry and how we need to re-examine what sustainability really means. Because you can, you can think, someone, someone can tell you, you know, they're a manufacturer or whatever they are. And there's so many of them, right? I mean, we talk about how many brands there are, but let's talk about how many people are making things like to sell to these brands. So that these brands can then further make pro, you know, pr make the mm. products. It's it's a really unregulated area, and one of the biggest things that I see from a toxicology standpoint is this idea of nanoparticle, um, you know, toxicity, whether that's to the environment or to people over time, and and animals, you know. And I think that that really is a topic that needs to be talked about by. Um, real ecologists, you know, people in science, like we need to start assessing what like the geographical areas of certain, you know, if if one, if, if there's 10 brands that are, you know, harvesting or using one geographical area, we need to start doing studies that show things like, you know, the soil pH, like what are the long-term impacts of harvesting that area or using those products or depleting those sources? And also um, how much are they really being degraded like you said you know those are all questions that are also very deep and they're very um involved mm -hmm. and i think that it's gonna have to there's gonna have to be a moment that happens where there's a shift between private companies that are certifying things and make it into a more um i guess you know follow academic science in the sense of peer review in the sense of there's a true regulation and i think you know some of the examples you gave are definitely great examples these days you know certified organic i know that you know there's a really stringent that's a really stringent you know list of criteria you have to go through and i know um what is it leaping bunny is also a really great um mm -hmm. 
things that you know to have certification through and but i mean there still needs to be a lot more you know because there's a lot of layers now and i think with the just the mass production of products you know we can't as an industry say this is safe or this is actually helping the environment or it's not impacting negatively the environment or the people mm. in that environment we can't say that we have no data to say that you know what i mean so it's like it, it's it doesn't make sense to me yeah it's so it's just I mean it's fascinating hearing you talk about this because it I mean it's when you break it down into all of its constituent parts I mean it's just mind-blowingly hard to do that work you know yeah. just one ingredient right and and so yeah it's, it's a it's a long old road but what you know one of the other things I've just thought of when you're sort of saying what what's changing and and I think one of the things that we're certainly looking at as a business that you know, um, I feel really good about actually is again, you know, just just thinking about how much we produce as an industry um, and, and the impact on on the planet. I think we we in one well, a recent launch actually we have used I think it's six different ingredients that have either come from zero waste, they're zero waste ingredients, or have come from up, upcycled. They're upcycled ingredients. Hmm. So what that yeah. means, so, so if we take, well, that's one product and it shows what you can do and, and that it is a beautiful, very high performing vitamin C product. And I think what it kind of shows is what you can do with a bit of consideration and thought that could have a huge impact if, if this became an industry trend and shift. And so just to explain what for those who don't know what these terms mean. So, so upcycled yeah. is when you take an ingredient that's going to be otherwise thrown away. So we take a lot from the food industry and so often seeds from the juicing industry and then you extract the oil out of those seeds. So they would otherwise be just thrown away. And we yeah. are extracting like bilberry oil is another is a great example of that. It's a beautiful oil. I mean, it, it, it's so nourishing and 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 replenishing. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous oil for the skin. And we're, so it's that notion of up, not recycling, upcycling. It's going back up into a more premium use and more premium product. So that's a really lovely example. And then you've got the other sort of end of the spectrum almost is zero waste. So that's when we're producing a, a, an ingredient. And you know every manufacturing process delivers a degree of waste, right? So rather than us throwing that waste away, we are giving it to make animal feed or to fertilize plants, plant fertilizers, or obviously all natural. Um, so it's, we're putting it back into life. Our waste is then going back into life. Um, yeah. Isn't that fantastic? And that's and that's what you can do now, but with no compromise on the performance of the. These are beautiful ingredients, um, but yeah. we need to think about that. There are different ways you can do it, and you sort of top and tail it in the way that I've just explained. You know, either taking waste or or managing your waste. Um, but wouldn't it be wonderful if we were all thinking those in that way? Oh my gosh, it would be a different world. You know, mm -hmm. I think what you just said is it's so beautiful to me because I remember like the first time I heard of that concept of just you know um giving nature what you take from it like yeah, the, what the best way you can do that is nutrients you know if you take nutrients out give it right back you know put them right back in and Neil deGrasse Tyson was the first person I'd ever heard that had said that he said he was actually talking about his own you know wishes of after he passes away and like you know, he's mm -hmm. like I want to give back to the earth what it has given me which is sustenance 
you know mm-hmm. and so it was such a beautiful way to say it mm-hmm. but it applies to so many different things and it's such a easy concept to grasp yet you know going back to your point you know what would this world look like if we just did that you know mm-hmm. you just you just give back what you take and it's not hard because think about it it's all about elements it's all about nitrogen carbon oxygen you know mm-hmm. all these elements and it's not that you have to put things back exactly how they were just have to put back the raw materials you know what yeah. i mean so yeah yeah, yeah. it's very interesting Absolutely. um but no i i actually really really love the whole line you know sarah it's a beautiful line and i i've really enjoyed using it i've really enjoyed knowing that it's something i can rely on for me i think um that's huge like you know whenever i try to like whenever i interview any brand it's i try to point out if that's there in that brand and i think for everyone listening um, the more and more we're getting into this world of skin health and as consumers, the more educated we're getting, it's important to find options that are going to work and they're not going to make your skin worse or even, you know, like change your skin so that if you stop using those products, you are going to now have a reaction. That's like, you know, the sensitization aspect is also very important to me. So I think with Pi, what I see is just a beautiful brand that, you know, you can incorporate, like I said, you can use it on its own or you can if you have a skincare routine you can incorporate the products very very seamlessly and beautifully into your routine so i really commend you for what you've created i mean it's it shows that it's years and years of hard work <laughs> it really yeah, shows i mean thank you and honestly i yeah it's just fascinating hearing you talk because it's exactly what you said is exactly sort of what i was probably not saying nearly as articulately as you earlier in the in in the recording was just about this point of yes a product should support your skin's natural processes and what you just said is really interesting then is that not kind of trying to problem solve something and then leave a different problem and i yeah. think that's quite common i see that a lot and often at pi because we we offer you know free consultation services and we are often the receiving end of sensitization to other ingredients that's often what we're dealing with and we're trying to sort of um help <laughs> help that person's you know calm their skin back down and um and it's usually by stopping and and just letting their skin um, almost heal itself. But right. we see it a lot, and we see it a lot, particularly with sort of products for acne, is that in trying to treat the the, the spots and and the, the blemish in that moment, you often leave other problems behind, um, and you can completely kind of desiccate the skin, completely imbalance it, and and cause cause other issues. And that and that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be fixing one thing but leaving a different issue. And I think that's what we really understand. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. I think that that's a, that's a huge, you know, thing to master actually, you know, and there's very few brands if you really think about it that are able to say that because Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, most people they'll be using a brand for maybe, you know, two, three months, stop using it. Then they start breaking out or their skin starts freaking out. And yeah, that's, it's, you know, it's sensitization. It's a whole, and this really goes back to that original point of you coming up with a solution for a problem that you personally had you know Mm -hmm. that's where I I find it to be so fascinating because the true essence of I think clean care and true value is in that what you know what we started this discussion Mm -hmm. on which is you you wanted to find a solution to a problem you know and that problem was a it's it was basically molecular chaos and to calm down that molecular chaos is what you did so you're not going you didn't create because of that solution it's not going to be something that 
damages your skin further. It's only going to calm your skin. It's only going to help your skin. So I think it's beautiful. I think the whole process, the whole brand, I just, I love it. So, you know, really, truly hats off. (laughs) But also to that point that you made, I think what we also are very, very clear on and and really manage expectations is, is that exactly what you described is the kind of chaos that when you have a skin condition like Hashimoto or no, sorry, your condition, Hashimoto, mine, urticaria for skin, is um, this kind of idea of chaos and how complex it is that that a topical product that you apply is one piece of the jigsaw puzzle. It's not, you have to think about everything in its entirety and your health in its entirety. So we are very clear to say this will provide comfort and support and re- and it will help rebalance and it will do these different things that will really support you in the moment and build strength into the skin and all of those things. But you also have to look at your diet, your sleep, your stress, your, you know, and that's really important because you can't do it in isolation. A topical product will never be the sole fix. Um, yeah. I don't hear brand owners say that very much because, and people want a quick fix. They want the quick fix. Yeah. But I mean, you can have, if you have an, like a, for example, like a hypersensitivity reaction, or if you're experiencing, you know, just inflammation acute where it just came up, it's redness, you can fix that immediately. But there are certain, but like you said, you can't have a quick fix to signs of aging or, you know, pigmentation or yeah, you, you have to be patient, but you have to, you know, it's like, it it really is what you said. It's like, you know, if you start a new diet or you go see a nutritionist, well, they're not going to tell you to do this for two days. They're going to say you stick to this for this yes. many months and then you're yes. going to see a change. So yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's really a mindset you know, that needs to shift. And I'm just glad that you're, you know, there are brands like yours and you guys are really paving the way for that. You know, it's kind of a, um, a clear spot in the haze of clean beauty and, you know, the gray area that it has now become. So I truly appreciate that as a consumer. So but right. thank you so much, Sarah. This was lovely. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And, you know, the line for everyone listening, please go check out the entire range. It's a beautiful, pro- you know, product line. It's not very many products, which is another thing I really appreciate because it's not going to confuse you guys. You're not going to be like wondering, what should I get? Just get the, get all the stuff, okay? And and make a routine for yourself. You know, it's it's really important to have a routine. If you stick to it, 21 days. It takes 21 days to form a habit. And I always try to tell people, try it and see what happens to your skin. And if you don't see results, then change things around. But you have to try it for 21 days at least, you know, and, and stick to it. Totally right. And also just on, on that point about routines, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's quite hard to sometimes know how to build a routine. I think we assume a level of knowledge. And if you ever, if anyone ever wants advice, we have skin coaches who are available completely free um, for a, a, a consultation and they will help they'll ask you a series of questions but they'll help you work out which product you might start with which two or three products you could build into a, a simple routine and how you build from there because often it's so easy to misdiagnose your own skin type first of all and if you start with the wrong products it, it, it sort of takes you down the wrong way and then it takes ages to get back <laughs> and so let's you know start right from the beginning um that can be super helpful and get your results quicker so yeah if you need advice that's there for the taking and it's all free I love that and I'm you know that's really really great that you have that inbuilt because I think that a lot more people need to take advantage of those kind of services you know seek an expert you don't have to figure it out yourself you know 
this for all the people on reddit especially you know that are always confused like what can i buy what can i combine so yeah that's i think that's wonderful but so thank you so much this has been so lovely and um yeah for everyone listening please check out the concept art for this episode i will tag everything about the brand um if you have any questions at all you can always reach out to us um here at skincare anarchy and we'll pass along your comments and your questions to the team at pi skincare but thank you so much sarah this was lovely my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you.